This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Sean Reeksecker. He founded his company Centro in 2001, intent on building software to eliminate operational efficiencies, solve growing complexity and fragmentation challenges, and help marketers make smarter decisions. He's built the company into one of the largest providers of media operations software and managed services in the industry. Sean, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Largest provider of media operations software is a big title. Quantify that bad boy for me. What makes you the biggest? <laughs> well, there's a couple of different things. Is that from a digital perspective, we have uh, a platform that actually does all of the automation for digital across search, social, programmatic, and direct to buying. And so uh, we're processing um, this year should be a little over half a billion dollars in digital across the spectrum uh, from a software perspective. So that's what's going through uh, your platform. Yeah, correct. Yep. And tell everyone just go going back to 10,000 feet for a second. What does Centro do? What's your what's your business? Yeah, so we're a software automation firm in our heart. When I started the company a little over 15 years ago, the entire uh, idea was that when you look at the process of purchasing, planning, buying and operating digital advertising, it's highly complex. There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of different platforms that the industry needed a holistic, comprehensive automation and intelligence platform. And so that's been the path that we've been on to build that. And so we have by far the most comprehensive platform, but then we also have a huge services team on top. So we've got around around 700 folks today. Uh, We've got about 200 people that work in uh, R&D and about 500 people that work in services on top of platform. And when you look at the managed services aspect of your business, I mean, are these... Hey, you know, how do, specifically margins, how do you manage margins in that space? Because they can get out of whack quickly if you're not, if you don't kind of put some, uh, put some limitations on it. What do you mean by mark? What do you mean by? Well, a lot of people in the ad tech space, they're chasing kind of SaaS solutions that are high margin, 85, 90% don't require human touch. The second you start adding managed services or professional services or things like that on top of it, margins can go crazy sometimes. So how have you managed that? <laughs> yeah. So I think there's a couple of things. First, um, you know, we are, you know, like I mentioned, about 700 folks. Uh, we've managed to get there on about $50 million in capital raised. Uh, we've bought three companies along the way. And so a lot of people say, well, are you SaaS and do you want the high gross margin business? Or are you services and how do you value that? I've always looked at our business on two ways. The service company, one, has actually allowed us to fund the development of the platform. And two, um, because they're using it, they're kind of the first folks through the door. So we actually can build the perfect for them, make sure it works right, make sure it works right. And then we can uh, distribute it to our customers. So I think the service company, although, yeah, it's not a, a high gross margin business by any stretch of the imagination, uh, it's really helped fund the company and make sure we build great software. 
and and make that real for us. Tell us like a client story that purchased a managed service from you. On average, what's that deal size look like and what are your people delivering to the client? So now you got to remember, we've been in business quite a while. And I think, as you know, businesses will go through different life cycles. So early on in the process, how I started, look, so I started the company, didn't have any money, didn't know what I was doing. And so I figured out, well, I had to figure out how to sell and get clients. At the time, back in 2002, 2005, Ad agencies were struggling just to do digital nationally. So the first step was that ad agencies would outsource their local digital buying. So newspaper websites, TV websites, radio websites. And from that's the hardest and most complex piece of the industry. So we did that. Then as time moved on, we looked at the mid-market ad agencies. So Oklahoma City, Denver, Colorado, um, you know, Tallahassee. And we said those agencies are going to struggle actually with just digital overall because they're not funded like the big holding companies. So we uh, so that so we moved into that market and we've got about fifty we got people in about fifty different locations today, um, and that's agencies outsourcing. And then as we've continued to grow, um, what we've seen is that there's a blend of both what I'll call mid market brands or clients, um, as well as ad agencies who utilize us to do some or all of their digital uh, marketing for them today. Um, and then a typical client, uh, it, you know, it's different. You know, before our average client was spending with us about $175,000 a year, mostly on an RFP-based type of a relationship. Just on the managed services side or also on the ad spend process through your system? Just on the managed services side. Um, We didn't officially launch our software externally until 2013. Um, One just quick piece of our history, um, which I always think is is important. We started building this. I raised $2 million in angel capital in 2006. That's when we started building the real platform before it was really just um, access databases and a ton of spreadsheets. We built by 2012 by far the best operations planning system. However, you know, at that same time, programmatic and RTB buying came into place. What's RTB buying? Uh, yeah, real time bidding. Yeah, so really high frequency trading, right, for advertising. So that came in and social uh, became a really big part of the digital landscape. But End of 2012, I said, you know what? We've got a great platform, but it's not the right platform for the future of this industry. So made a decision no one ever wants to make. We decided to rebuild the whole platform from ground up starting in 2013. Uh, And our goal was to rebuild in three years a better platform and more comprehensive than what it took us six years to build. So um, along the way, we decided that we were going to buy a demand side platform to do the real-time bidding that we talked about. Which one was that? Purchase SiteScout um, out of Toronto. They were the leading Canadian DSP. Amazing folks, amazing software. And then we rebuilt the platform we had, and then we connected everything. So in July of this year is when we uh, officially announced the brand new platform of Central called Basis. And so we're in the early stages of what, you know, I'll refer, I always refer to as a new escrow. It's a new product in the market that does different things. And so uh, we're, 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 on the, we're retraining our sales force. We're getting that out into the market. Um, but the majority, you know, of our business today of the half a billion that's going to run through us, approximately 150 to 175 million of that is what you would refer to as self-service, and the rest is all coming through our managed services business. And then, are there different are there different percentages you take on the 175 that's self-service versus the rest that's managed? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's exactly correct. The self-service business just looks very different from a margin perspective, but we're very we're we're really transparent. Um, when we've got a solid relationship with the client, we, we say, look, this is what the cost is for our services. 
and this is what the cost is for the software. And you know, our perspective, what is, Sean, what is a software cost? So the software cost, um, from a margin perspective, you know, it hovers somewhere in the fourteen. It, by the way, the high frequency trading aspect of it, the real time bidding, um, it, that's that's sold as a margin on media in the industry. And depending upon how much you're going to be spending with us and the commitment, it can range anywhere from eight to nine percent if you're spending millions of dollars, upwards of twenty uh, percent, depending upon if you're just spending, you know, hundred thousand dollars or less. And this is just on your self serve side, correct? Correct. So yep. let me just re let me say that back to you to make sure I understand. Of the one seventy five million of the about half a billion that's gonna go through you in twenty seventeen, the way you make money on that is one hundred and seventy five million is self service and you'll take anywhere between eight and twenty percent of that total spend as revenue for yourself. Correct. That's right. Got it. Yep. And then tell me the same story on the managed side. <clears throat> so on the managed side, it's very, very similar depending upon um the the size of the contract and what we're looking at, but um, you know, there's clients that are, uh, you know, if they're just doing a one-time buy and it's small and, uh, you know, it could go upwards of 20% to 25. And if it's, uh, on the low end, it could be 10, um, really dependent upon the relationship. So those are those, I mean, that margin spread is basically the same across both. I was expecting managed you, you, for you to say much higher percentages. How are economically, how are you able to keep those the same when managed requires more touch? It actually, it really has to do with just the type of campaign. No contract looks exactly the same. It's type of campaign. It's what's involved in the campaign, work required, but also uh, the overall commitment and spending. The real quick, it's, it's an interesting just data point on the services side. The, the unit of cost in our business is the actual dollar amount flowing through individual line items on a media plan. Okay, that's actually the thing you track. In other words, if someone's spending a million dollars per line item, it's the same amount of work as if someone's spending $1,000 per line item. And so we really track the profitability really closely inside of our business. So we know based upon the complexity of the campaign, and by the way, social takes more work than, you know, RTB buying today. So there's a lot that goes into it. But um, for the most part, uh, you will see that um, one thing, there's a tech fee and there's a services fee. And when I talk about that, when we do managed services for a client, there's also another tech fee that goes on top of that. Okay. So in other words, um, we break it out for our clients. So if you come to us and say, I've, I'm a, I got $10 million in which I'm going to spend, we'll say, okay, well, it'll be 10 to 15% for services. And there's another, you know, 10% for the software uh, for, through the RTV platform. So all in all, you'll actually uh, uh, get a better margin. But that's how it works together. But we price it out separately for our client. And the last piece is our preference is that all of our clients are self-serving and self-sufficient. And so we put together a plan to help them get there um, because I say to them, look, at some point, you don't want to pay us a service fee. You know, you should consolidate that margin for yourselves and for your clients, which will actually improve performance. We're happy to help in the short term. But long term, you know, our goal is to help make you do it on your own. CRMs might be the tool that I fight with the most. I just haven't found one that I really liked. I don't know if you guys are the same way, but they're just so tricky. And a while ago, I had a guy named John Lee on my show. He's the CEO of ProsperWorks. And he told me they just passed 40,000 customers and 24 million in annual revenue. So they're doing about $286,000 in revenue per employee. And I said, wow, why is this working? And I said, you know what? 
I'm going to try it. So I went to prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM, signed up, and it immediately became clear why it worked. Those of you that love growth hacking, you should go to that link just to see how they do the onboarding. That's prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. In short, it's like magic. You know, I'm not the guy that, you know, finishes the sales call and then takes the time to actually put data into the CRM. They have this magical way of just doing it. And it's a beautiful thing. So every morning when I wake up, I just go, okay, what leads are ProsperWorks telling me to reach out to because they're most likely to close? And it works so well. And you guys know I love money and I love only focusing on the leads that are going to close. So I encourage you to try ProsperWorks. They're sponsoring the show. Check them out at prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. Folks, that's again prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. Now, adding up kind of all these different elements of your business, when you look forward in 2017, what do you guys think you'll beat definitely in terms of revenue? Uh, um, in 27, this year? This year. Yeah. We'll be, you know, we're well over $100 million. We don't disclose this specific thing, but yep. we're well over $100 million in revenue. Can we, put a, can we put a large kind of cap on that and say between $100 million and $200 million? It's actually uh, somewhere between 110 and 130. Okay, good. Okay, good. Hey, I appreciate that. It's even more specific. Okay, 110 million to 130 million. Um, that's helpful to understand. And then give us a sense of growth. So last year, what'd you hit? Yeah, so the last four quarters have been tough for us. Why? Uh, um, because there's been two major transition points uh, that have been going on. The first is that as ad, as ad agencies have started to bring in uh, their planning and buying and run more dollars through programmatic, uh, that has actually affected us uh, where agencies didn't need our outsourced managed services as much as they did before. They're bringing it in-house. Yeah, they're taking it in-house. And so because we had to rebuild the platform from ground up, uh, we we didn't get, I think, the market share that we would have liked to have had had we had the product in place 18 months ago, two years ago. Um, that being said, you know, we just we launched it in July, and so we're pretty excited for next year. Yeah, so last four quarters, frankly, have been some of the toughest Four quarters in the history of our company outside of the recession in 08 and 09. I think this year, when you look at it, I think our growth rate is going to be in the single digits. So what what did, what did you close out 20? What did you close 2016 at? Like 90, 95, something like that? No. Okay. Okay. But look, I mean, you know, I've had a lot of ad tech folks. I just had Bill Wise on with, with obviously Media Ocean up there in New York. I've had a lot of ad tech companies on. And uh, I mean, they're all doing this. It's not like you're, you're, you're the only one that's having lower growth rates in these coming years as these things go in-house. So it'll be very interesting to follow up in a year and kind of see how your thesis pans out with, with basis and your new concept. Yeah, the interest, and, and, I, and I'm a huge fan of Bill. I uh, love him. And it's a really, since you know Media Ocean. Do you really? I'm seeing you smile. Do you really? I actually, I really, really do love him. He's one of the greatest guys in the industry. Uh, I love any time with him and I get the chance to catch up. Now, that being said, you know, Media Ocean can be a, a, a friend. They can also be a competitor to what we're doing. You know, my preference is that we figure out a way to work together. But if you, if people understand slightly what the industry looks like and they say, what are you building? And I'm just going to share What's different about what we've got versus every single other company in this industry? Yep. And, I, and the way I always describe it is if you take um, the if you take the a media ocean, which is really an ERP platform purposely built for the media industry. What does ERP stand for? Um, it's an enterprise uh, resource planning application. Um, and inside of an ERP, the definition of ERP is workflow automation 
messaging and communication, financial reconciliation, contract and IO management, vendor relationship management, all of those things fall in the bucket of an ERP platform. If you take an ERP system like a MediaOcean, purposely built for digital. Now, MediaOcean does television, they do print, they do a lot of things we don't do. But then you combine it with a DSP, such as a trade desk or a media math. It's a display side platform or demand side? Demand side platform, sorry. Demand side platform, yeah. And you then take a BI platform, such as a Domo or a Datarama or um, um, Tableau. And if you seamlessly merge them all together into a single platform, that's basis. And it's something that no one else has. Um, so the demand side platform plus business intelligence all merged together. Plus an ERP, a purposely built ERP platform. It's got financial reconciliation. All messaging and communication happens inside. So we're getting the industry off of email um, and spreadsheets back and forth. So it's a new product. And you know it's going to take a while. It's a big product. It's an enterprise product. It's going to take a while uh, to get traction in the market. But it's different. Are you pricing that on a SaaS basis or you're going to just keep doing it on a percentage of spend? Um, the way that we have it set up is that there is a, a SaaS contract for the overall platform, but then there's a variable uh, cost associated to the real-time bidding aspect of the platform. I think you're going to see this as a trend. I mean, based off the interviews I've done, it, it's these folks are going to keep going in-house. And if you can build a piece of software that allows that in-house person to beat the hell out of their rivals or whoever they're bidding against, there is a SaaS model there that I think you're going to see a lot of companies like you start transitioning to over time away from this percentage model. Now, who the hell am I to predict that? But that's what I think. Yeah, and I think we'd all like to see that. The issue becomes in the infrastructure of the... I use the word high-frequency trading because people understand that. It's a huge infrastructure cost. It's also created a ton of barriers to entry into the business. Yeah, this is, by the way, why crypto, there's not a system like you guys that have taken off in crypto is because crypto can't handle the amount of transactions, just the velocity of transactions happening. Velocity and the speed. Um, It's why crypto hasn't been able to actually penetrate or move into something like this yet. We've looked at it extensively, um, and it's just not there yet. The handoffs are way too slow uh, between it. Um, But you're going to... so. The scalability on the infrastructure is incredibly, I think this year we're going to spend something like $8 million or $9 million just on infrastructure and bidding costs or you know bidding infrastructure. Um, you mean like, like paying developers, things, server costs, things like that? Well, there's, yeah, there's the actual, the one thing, and I don't know how much you have talked about this with your, with your listeners. Um, I'll explain it real quick because it's super, super interesting. Every single impression on the internet for the most part is in an auction. Okay, that specific impression on your website, it goes through in, in, you know, milliseconds, you know, multiple auctions across the Internet. People bid and they actually buy that one impression. Now, we're processing about three million single queries and auctions every single second of every single day. At the same point, we have to store audience profiles. So we have we're storing about seven billion audience profiles in what we call hot, you know, it's hot storage. They've got to be able to be fired at at any single second. And all that together just creates a huge, massive infrastructure challenge for us. That makes sense. I, I did not know that before. That makes perfect sense. All right. Very interesting. Uh, very interesting stuff here, Sean. So um, real quick on the funding side, you've raised a, a pretty significant amount of money. I think it's 50 million bucks. Um, are you looking at raising more? Are you looking at, you know, hey, do I sell? Do I flip the company? Do I sell? What, what's the plan over the next five years? Yeah, and it's a relative statement. So we've raised fifty-two million. 
uh, in three different rounds, starting with our angel round or seed round. Um, relative meaning that we've raised a hell of a lot less than almost every other competitor inside of our space. Um, from a philosophical perspective, and I talk to entrepreneurs all the time, and I say, look, you know, there are muscles you can build inside your organization. Okay, one muscle is I'm really good at raising capital. I'm really great at spending money. Or you can say, I'm actually really good at figuring out how to sell my way into innovation. And that's the muscle that we really try to develop over time. Most of the dollars that we've raised have gone to acquisitions uh, of other companies. Uh, look, and as far as where we're at from a, uh, per, uh, an overall company perspective, we just launched a new product. I think it's going to be amazing for the industry. I think we've got a huge new S-curve that's coming into our space. So uh, we're profitable. Uh, we've been profitable almost every single year. So uh, to me, we're going to see how this industry shakes out, but I'm really excited for where we're at right now. If Bill from Media Ocean or hell, maybe it's Robert directly from Vista comes and says, Sean, here's a quarter of a billion dollar check. Sell us the company. Do you sell? Not for a quarter of a billion. What, what would it be? <laughs> but if there is that, but there is a number. <laughs> <laughs> Double that? <laughs> you know what it's a you know double that we can have a conversation all right there we go all right guys let's wrap up here with sean sean these are the famous five number one what's your favorite business book uh losing my virginity richard branson number two is there a ceo you're following or studying right now uh not at the moment number three besides your own what's your favorite online tool um i don't use a ton and you know what i know you gave these to me and i forgot okay. to actually do them What's one uh, you use to manage just to manage and grow the business? No, you I'm, use a, I'm, I'm loving Slack. I like what Slack's doing. We use it a ton inside the company. Um, so I'm a huge fan of that. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Seven and a half. It's pretty good. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kids? Uh, looking uh, for a wife. So if uh, you happen to have anybody in the network, uh, and you want to send my way. What's your What's your situation? Hey, his email will be in the show notes, guys. We'll, we'll stick it there. Dude, my situation is single, 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 single. More freedom. Uh, next year in Chicago, uh, or, you know, I'm in Austin or something. Let's get together and we can have a different conversation. That'll be good. We'll, we'll get beard or something. All right. And how old are you, Sean? Oh, no way. I, you don't ask a, a, a guy my age. Probably. Come on. Uh, under 40? No. Really? Okay, I'll, I'll just put 40 in here. All right, so here's, a, here's the last question. Here's why I ask it. Take us back 20, take us back 20 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? <clears throat> you know, I think my 20-year-old self, if I could give my 20-year-old self advice, is to create more balance, honestly. I think that as I, as I you know, all right, so I am, I am 45 years old. Um, there we go. Guy, and... I don't have regrets. I really don't. I've lived an amazing life. However, if I do look back and there's a lesson for me, it's, it's try to find a balance. Um, I've poured everything I have into building this company and it's been wonderful and the rewards are amazing. and The people are amazing. Um, but I do think that I didn't, I haven't, I haven't been good at finding a balance between personal and not and building things. There you guys have it from Sean. He would have looked for balance earlier. He founded his company Centro back in 2001 because people needed help plan, planning, buying, and purchasing digital advertising. This year in 2017, almost $500 million will go through his platform. On that, he'll make in terms of top line revenue somewhere between 110 and 130 million bucks, up from about 100 million or over 100 million in 2016. They've got 700 people working on these projects, uh, most specific basis is the new central system they've released. They're launching it. They're going to see how it does. Sean, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Yeah, thanks, Nathan.